Hello, and welcome to the Fun and Sobriety Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan. I am an alcoholic. Uh, today's podcast is a Fun and Sobriety movie review podcast. Um, the uh, One of the opportunities that I take once a month here to review a movie that deals with alcohol and, or drug abuse and, and primarily recovery from uh, the, the, the addiction, um, and I review it with uh, a friend of mine who is not in recovery and get a perspective from the eyes of someone in recovery, myself, as well as someone who's not in recovery, as to just how well and effectively the movie has portrayed uh, the behaviors of alcoholism and drug abuse. And, and you know, with an eye on an attention to the detail of, of how effectively the portrayal of the addiction and the recovery and what the struggle is and how, how well the movie does. And um, today's uh, a podcast is it's turned out to be one of my favorite movies in this entire series and and you know consequently one of my favorite podcasts about the movie um today uh Kaz and I are reviewing the 1945 best picture of the year uh um the lost weekend and it's a Billy Wilder film who is one of the probably the best directors of 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 all time uh, he's he was very prolific back in the 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s for that matter, right? I think he's got three movies on the AFI list of best films of all time, American films of all time, and uh, this this isn't one of them, but it's one of his. I think he's got the best picture for more than more fic- pictures than this. I think I think the apartment probably won, and maybe some like it hot, but um, this was his i'm guessing his first best picture but it, it's a, a fantastic movie and it's a fantastic portrayal of just the hopelessness of alcoholism especially in the time period that this happens in, in the early 40s or 1945 um anyway uh please enjoy this uh review of the 1945 best picture of the year the lost weekend Uh, all right, and we're, <laughs> welcome back. We're back uh, to the Fun and Sobriety Movie Review Podcast. Uh, uh, it's me, Dylan, and I'm here with with my main man, Kaz. Say hi, Kaz. Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> I'm trying to streamline the intro because I realize I do an intro before this, so that's kind of redundant. So anyway, <laughs> um, God, I, I I feel like we've gone so far in between movies. When how long has it been since we talked about one of these? It's been a couple weeks now, right? Oh yeah, it's been a while. It's been a few weeks. It's been a few weeks, but I am so excited about today's movie. Um, we're gonna we're gonna review the oh shit, what year is it? Nineteen forty five film. Yep, Nineteen forty five. Uh, yeah, the nineteen forty five film, The Lost Weekend, directed by Billy Wilder and written by shit. Uh, I lost my notes. Wh- wh- who wrote the? Do you, do you have this uh, handy? Well, Billy Wilder and Charles Brackett have the writing credits. Charles Brackett, who is okay, because this wasn't based on a book, right? This was just his uh, his thing. Uh, yeah, I th- actually I wonder if it was. I don't, I don't know for sure, but I know that he uh, uh, this was uh, very much in there. Like right, we'll get into this later, but this very much deals with alcoholism, but also with creative drive, which is really interesting. So, oh yeah, yeah, but I I I feel like I. I'm certain I'm the only person who caught this, but at the end of the 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 last one that we released was Flight, 
and at the end of yeah. the preceding flight, I made some comment to the effect that Flight was probably going to be the best movie that we review in, in these movie review podcasts. I, that is so unfair to this movie because I, I knew that we were going to do The Lost Weekend and I forgot that it's Billy Wilder, you know, and he's like yeah. one of the greatest directors of all time, right? Like he's, I think he's got right, three, yeah. he may have three movies on the AFI top 100 list of best movies of all time, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's substantial, dude. And this specific movie was the best picture of the year, right? 1945 winner, the best picture of the year. Yeah, it won the Oscar. Yep. So, I and this movie's fucking fantastic. I am so happy that we're we're talking about this, and I and I was so happy that you were excited about it. Like I was worried <laughs> when we were talking about trying to you know coordinate when to when to talk you know when to when to record. I was afraid you'd be like, oh, because <laughs> I don't know. I feel like because it's black and white and old. I mean, 1945. What that's like. Uh, how long ago was that? <laughs> what year is it now? That's like 70 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, many, many f- years ago, yes. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's reasonable to be like, I, well, and there is some clunkiness to it. I mean, we should just get right into it, dude. I, I, yeah. I, this, I, I almost wish this was, this may be, this, I, I may want this to just be the last thing that we do for this little series. Like, I don't, I don't know if we're going to do better than this, but, but let's go through it. You, as always, you give the summary and I'll interrupt you the whole time. So uh, what's okay, this movie right. about? All right, so before I do that, though, I will say I did just quick check it out because I knew it was based on a book, but I couldn't remember the details. So it is based on a novel by an author named Charles Jackson, and it was his debut novel. And uh, that came okay. out in 19... 19- so it came out in 1944. <laughs> it was so popular, they immediately made it into a new movie. Yes. So anyway. Yes. That's um, what I looked up. And I, and I looked up a little bit of the history of that guy, and he did not get sober, right? Like, he was struggling with sobriety when he wrote this. And yeah. the movie came out, and he and he he struggled with sobriety all his life. And I think, according to the Wikipedia, of uh, what was the guy, the author's name, Jackson something, Charles he Jackson. He 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 entered the program of Alcoholics Anonymous in like the fifties, and I believe he did wind up dying sober. But it, it is interesting to think because the the story is of a, of a of a struggling writer who's just a drunk who wants to write. Which you right. have to believe is that guy is somewhat autobiographical for that guy, especially because it was his first novel, right? Yeah, it's his first novel, and it was it was lauded for its realism, <laughs> and because it probably was really close to his life. Yeah, he he relapsed apparently um, a few months before he died, and then he actually died from barbiturate poisoning. So oh, is that right? Struggled his in, his entire his life. Ent- well, uh, but and he that's did, he did write all the way through it, which is kind of cool. He had yeah. uh, six novel or yeah six novels to his credit. Yeah, and that's uh, well, that's I that's part of what I want to get into with this uh, with this review. So let's, okay, so let's go into it. so what's what's the movie right. about, Kaz? All right, so the our main character is a man named Don Burnham, who is a uh, a talented writer, but at this point in our his life, he is pretty much just uh, he's pretty much a professional drinker that lives off his successful brother's money. Um, well, and well, you say he's a <laughs> successful writer, a, a talented writer. Has he? Has he written anything? I I I, I watched. His, yeah, I watched his claim it once to all fame. The way through. Yeah, go ahead. Uh-huh. Sorry. Well, his claim to fame was in uh, once again. This is kind of funny thing about watching these forties movies is that everyone everyone looks like they're in their fifties, but then they make mention of how they just graduated high school. <laughs> like <laughs> everyone in their twenties dresses in full suits and fedoras. Oh, and it's, that's it's right. He, he's he's supposed to be like barely thirty. 
and yeah. he had done something in in college. Isn't that right? Yeah, he was a hotshot writer for college, and and had all this hype about him as a writer That's in right. college. Like That's right. they uh, they would like he anyway. He was a hotshot, and then when he left college, he had a couple successes with like one big article Magazines. that went to the Atlantic Monthly, which I, was a big thing at the time. Yeah, uh, yeah, but he's kind of yeah. he's kind of faded uh, towards the, for the rest of these years up until now in his thirties, and he's just he's struggling with the fact that not everything he does is realized as genius. So, yeah. um, anyway, uh, but he's a charming guy. He's kind of a dick. <laughs> like he's he's actually quite a dick to almost everybody. He's very he is he is he. I feel like yeah, I, I feel like that's like the clunkiness of the the film portrayal of the drunk, right? Like he's he he just he he's his his meanness and his and his unfriendliness is so severe that it kind of doesn't make sense that the people like him you know what i mean right, like they don't yeah. there's not enough background and awareness of who he was for them to care for him considering how he is just kind of a dick to everyone it's funny <laughs> yeah he's brutal he's very bitter and i, I actually kind of like that cuz later on he'll go through a monologue about because you don't know he's a writer. You just know he's kind of this well-dressed guy that's sort of yeah, a dick to yeah. everybody around him. But later on, he'll go through a monologue about how his career has stuttered and failed and he feels useless. And anyway, I, I thought it was sure. a great scene. But at this yeah. point, we don't know anything about him. Yeah. Um, and, and he's so about to go of, away. He's about to go away yeah, on a weekend with his brother. A four-day weekend with his brother. And you get immediately the sense that this is an intervention, basically. Yeah. This is oh, yeah. a 1945s version of let's get you out of town, old chap, away from liquor, where I can keep an eye on you. Because his brother yeah. has been going through his apartment, and the scenes, the movie starts with this great pull-in scene of the outside oh, yeah. of a brick building, and there's a string out of his window. At the end of the string is a bottle of the cheapest rye whiskey imaginable, <laughs> <laughs> and and he's packing, but he kind of keeps glancing at the window. And yes. then his brother oh, comes in. So smart that whole it, like such you a can't stop looking yeah. at the wa- at the bottle out the window. Oh, it's so good, so good. <laughs> and then he he gets his brother to go to a closet to grab something for him. Um, his typewriter. So he, he tells can, him to go look. Yeah, for his, his typewriter. typewriter. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna write this weekend. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and then he he quickly grabs the, uh, pulls the bottle up and he's trying to uh, get the uh, the rope off of it, but he's having trouble. And then his brother kind of comes back in, so he has to st- tuck it back out the window. And then his girlfriend comes up. And <sighs> anyway, it's just it's just great scene. Uh, that he is just he he's only you can tell he's only thinking about the bottle because everything yes. they want to he keeps like pushing them away whenever they want to talk to him or yeah he, he, uh, redirects constantly. It's it's um, so it's such a smart like not even subtle but like very effective way of showing the dynamic of all three of those characters and especially his relationship with booze. Right, like he is he can't not think about that booze man. He is dying. Oh. Yeah, and then he, so then he gets desperate though, and his girlfriend talks about she's co- she's come by to wish him well. He's going to take a yeah. three fifteen train uh, <laughs> to the country, and he creates this convoluted scenario of, uh, hey, why don't we take the? She's going to go to the show, and he's yeah. like, hey, why don't we take the six thirty so that way we can go to the show with or one or no. one of us can go to the yeah, show yeah. with yeah. Helen. And they kind of talk back and forth, like, "What? Why would we do that? That's weird." But then he, he's, he once again, he uses his dickishness to like bully them into doing this, and his brother's oh, yeah, just he, like, "Whatever, Don. All right, fine." Fully manipulates them. Fully manipulates yeah. them into accepting that he just wants some t- private time. Is that so much to ask? I just want to be alone. <laughs> right, right. 
go he charms he kind of cajoles and then when they don't he throws kind of a fit being like is that so much to ask i'm struggling here and you know yeah Yeah, he leans on the fact that they know he's struggling with this addiction and guilt trips them into it because they and then by then by then they've seen the the whiskey or no is that when they find the whiskey no 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 it's right after that because then okay. they, he he finally said because the funny thing is is they're like all right fine Don go to the show with Helen and he's like no you go with Helen you my brother go with my girlfriend to the show and they're like wait yeah. what and that's when he says I need time alone and then he flicks a cigarette and it go he towards the window but it lands on the sill and so right oh, as before they're about to it. go the brother goes to take care of the cigarette that was on the sill still smoking that's right and he sees the string yes. And he's, and that's such a great scene because his brother just like he doesn't even like say anything he's just he just or i mean he does say something but he doesn't even like freak out it's just sort of he just sort of has this expression of like oh god damn it <laughs> yeah and you can tell this is not unusual yeah no that's what i mean like they do a really good job of really capturing the entire dynamic of don's life right there in that opening yeah. sequence it's really they, good yeah because his, his brother cares for him his girlfriend obviously well, not maybe not obviously, but she cares for him, and they 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 they're doing that like tentative thing of like trying to like hold his hand through this like first couple hours of not drinking, and like, um, and I, how does he? He still just convinces them that it's no big deal that you know. No, he, he throws a even... fit. He his brother knows what he was doing, and then he's okay. like. And he can, he tells him like, oh, I see what you're doing, Don. You're trying to manipulate or trying to. Uh, well, he's like, what's this? Yeah, and Don's he, like, he feigns like, oh, I, I don't even know. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, he makes up something I like, for- I totally forgot that was there. I forgot <laughs> that it was hanging out the window on a rope. <laughs> you know, that's that's totally normal. I love that scene though because that really struck me as someone who's struggling with addiction and their your reality. I could see that your reality would shift slightly and you, you your oh, yeah. logic. And so you think, oh, oh this might be a, a good way to pretend that. Like, no, of course, who puts stuff out the window in the first place, but then forgets oh. it's there. They're doing it so yeah. much. Oh, yeah. So anyway, it's the brother's so like, all right, whatever. Oh, she's like, okay, good. Well, then you won't invite Dump it in the sink. And so he dumps yeah. it in the sink. <laughs> and Don is, Don is doing his best to pretend it's no big deal. <laughs> oh, my God. But then he throws a fit and says if they don't go after all, then he won't go on the weekend. Um right. And they just resign and be like, all right, fine. We're going to give you some space, let you cool off. We'll be back in a few hours. As they're well, leaving, uh, the brother explains that he's combed through the apartment for liquor bottles and he is positive there's nothing left there and no one in town will lend Don money or give him any credit. So there's no risk to leaving him for yeah. a couple hours while they go to and the show. And there's no money. He has no money, right? Yeah, like That's, no it, money, that's the yeah. other thing about these these older scenarios where like, can, I mean, can you imagine not having $5 in your pocket? <laughs> Living in right. New York City, like how the or, fuck or would that work? To five dollars in some way, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so they leave him knowing that there's no money and he can't get credit, and no one's going to give him liquor. Um, and that and that kicks it all off, right? Because then he right. he escapes, right? Like he yeah, he does well he. That- he the way he does get money and it's it's great. So the cleaning lady comes to the door. He's he goes he's tearing apart the apartment, looking at all his. He, you see him go to all his hidey holes, and it's really great. There's behind the tub in the in the uh, air duct uh, above the the lamps. Yeah, all these like well, because well, it's are, it's it's like a it's like a studio apartment or like a one bedroom apartment that I I think I think he shares it with his brother. I think it's not just his place. I think it's his brother's place that his brother lets him stay there with him. Right? Because isn't there twin oh, got, beds? Yeah. In, so he's got oh, to like I didn't know re- that. Yeah. Well, because otherwise, I, I got the idea that his brother uh, financed it, but it was his place. 
Uh, oh yeah, it could be, either way. I mean, I, I, it's just a small space, and well, because why would he hide it if it was his own place? That's the only thing. That's why I think he must be sharing the space with his brother, and that's why he also feels obliged to hide it so much. Because if it was his own place, I mean, you just lock the door yeah. and just have it. But uh, yeah, that's a good point. I guess I always I just assume that his brother at this point is like searching yeah. actively <laughs> searching for things but i, I yeah I well, either way it doesn't matter he he figures out a way to get money because the he doesn't let the cleaning woman in and she references that the guy usually leaves money for him somewhere for yeah, her for somewhere. the week so yeah for the and week. he finds it tells her oh i don't know he must have forgot and then uh, now he has 10 bucks which is fair amount for the 40s yeah it's and, apparently uh, like a thousand dollars in 1945 right, right. yeah yeah his <laughs> eyes like go out of his head for how much money he just <laughs> his windfall of cash he's he just got <laughs> so he immediately then, gets on yeah and heads out right to the liquor store um oh that's and right and I, this is one of the things too. Is so now we're going about. Now we follow Don as he goes out in the city, and everyone he encounters is aware that he's a drunk. Oh, he, that's and, true. Well, it's his little neighborhood, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a neighborhood. But yeah, and, and but uh, even like the the, oh, the right. liquor store guy, the bartender, all of them are like, "Hey, man, um, your brother said that I can't give you any credit because he's not going to pay me back for it. So you're cut off." And then he gets yeah. pissy and is like, "Oh yeah," and throws the ten on the counter, and they're like, "All right, never mind. Here you go." <laughs> Yeah, well, and he buys the liquor, he buys the two bottles of rye whiskey, and like he's walking down the sidewalk with it, and he, he has the forethought to like put some apples on top, so it looks like he's just carrying groceries. Yeah, and, that uh, was that was smart, yeah. And the, and the like, don't, like, someone, someone that they pass, like, the woman turns to another woman and is like, oh, that's, that's the young man, he, he drinks, right? Like, there's a comment to that effect that he's, he's a drinker. Yeah, right? yeah. And yeah. and even just the way he carries himself, like he just looks like he's all buttoned up. He's got a full suit on and a hat and tie, but he looks, uh, he does not look good. He looks bedraggled, man, and he hasn't even started yet. Oh. Yeah, yeah. He, he He's clean shaven and at this point and freshly dressed, but he does seem like, yeah, there's, you're right. There's something about him that just feels like this guy is off slightly. Yeah. But, um. Anyway, so he's got these bottles. He's proud of himself. He's he, you can tell he's just riding on the high of having the liquor. And, and by the way, these are the cheapest bottles he could buy. And oh, the yeah. quality of this liquor is so bad that he says he lies and says he's using it to fill up his cigarette lighters. Oh and god, so that's right. Apparently, that's so bad. It's dual purpose for <laughs> straight butane uh, or methane or whatever it would be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, it would god, be it's, butane. But yeah, yeah. I, I can't even. Uh, or, who knows, uh, yeah, man? Eth- I, uh, I, ethanol. It's like straight ethanol. Like I can't imagine oh like drinking something like this. But anyway, so he goes to his his uh, watering hole, his bar, Nat's bar, and he meets Nat's, Nat, and yes. Nat once again is just like. What are you doing here? And uh, you, uh, you know, I'm not giving you any money. That's the first thing he says. I think is like, I'm not giving you any drinks for free. <laughs> and then once again, he slaps money on the counter. And then, uh, yeah, and then uh, he and Nat start chatting. I really love Nat, the character, the bartender. Yeah, uh, he's, he's really pretty great. great. He is great. I and and right, yeah. I, okay, I want to comment on some of this, right? Because yeah, they have really captured that. Like you said, like he's so proud and so happy to have those two bottles of whiskey, right? Like he is, he is right. like he's on seven, he's in seventh heaven, right? Like he's he is set, and I can I can so relate to that feeling of like knowing you've got enough to make it through the next day or so of just like okay, I don't have to think about this. I've got my liquor, and he's just like do do do, and and then he gets to Nats and 
starts like being kind of a high roller, like putting money down, like, Hey, no, I'm, I'm paying for these drinks. And he's, and he tells him, Hey, you know, don't, don't let me forget. I'm supposed to meet my brother and my, and my girlfriend at six o'clock. I gotta, I gotta get out of here at six o'clock. And he's just like having him like line up shot after shot <coughs> of whiskey. And I love the way that Billy Wilder shows the advance from the time, right? Like he, there's all those little rings on the, on the, on the, yeah. uh, on the bar top from where he's refilled that, that shot glass. And so he's just got shot after shot and, what did he have like eleven shots or something over the course of like two hours? It's something nuts. Yeah, there's yeah, like it's a tons lot. of rings on the bar. Because he, he makes <laughs> point to not tell Nat to wipe them away because he says he loves his vicious little circle. Kinda oh, makes this yeah. Sort of dark, dark joke about it, but it, yeah, it's, so, it's it's very smart filmmaking, right? Because that's you know that's a way to justify why the bartender wouldn't clean up after it, and it just shows how much time has passed and how much liquor he's drank. I really like that. It's so. Ah, it's so it just gets the whole thing across because he's because then they pan back and he's kind of charming, but you can tell that he's like he's had way too much and he's not being as fun as he thinks he is. No. And he realizes that he's missed. He's supposed because at this point he's just getting a, a good head on in anticipation of this long weekend. <clears throat> excuse me, of this long weekend with his his brother trying to force him to be a teetotaler, right? Yeah, and he, yeah, or, and that's why he bought two. He explains that he bought two bottles because he's going to use one as a sacrifice. He's going to like make sure his brother finds it so that his brother knows that he's, you know, because his brother knows that he's going to go fuck around when he's gone for these. Yeah, to, for, you know, when he goes to the show, so he's going to sacrifice one and then sneak the other. So I have the bottle of whiskey, and considering what the rest of this weekend looks like for this guy. I don't think one bottle of whiskey was going to do it no. for him anyway. So that was a no. diluted plan anyway. Because <laughs> yeah, because he fucks the around the volume he drinks in this movie that like where he's at and how much he can drink is like oh. it's like yeah. What was he thinking? Like I guess he wasn't really just the well. No, I mean something. it was a desperate plan, right? It was a desperate right, plan. The right. whole thing is Nonsensical. the whole movie is just desperation, right? Like Don is just an exercise in alcoholic desperation because he's he's stood there and he's he's drank past like 6 30 or something like he's late and that's oh god i can so relate to that sense of having drank and i'm late like oh shit right i fucked around and i'm late like it was such a simple thing and i'm late like i i i remember like for whatever reason that where he goes rushing back and realizes he's missed his deadline i I went to go get sandwiches at Blimpy once when I was out like in my total, total fucked up, hiding my drinking, drinking way too much. So I just popped over to Blimpy, right? Like it was a quarter mile from my house. It was like the regular like, uh, let's just grab Blimpy for the kids instead of making food. Yeah. And I'm sitting parked in front of Blimpy and I wake up because my phone is ringing because I've fallen asleep, right? I was so drunk that I went there and I passed out in the parking lot in front of Blimpy at whatever, oh, 545 on like a Saturday evening. And my wife is like, where the fuck are you? Like, I have no, I still to this day have no idea how much time passed. I just know oh, really? that it, it was enough that it makes no sense. And I, and I told her, I was like, oh, I kind of fell asleep. And that's how this feels. Like when he realizes right. that he's missed the like coming home to to greet his his brother and his girlfriend. That's how I felt of just like that like back of your lower back. Like oh, there's no getting out of this. There's no way to there's no way to yeah. explain that 
no, it's just a regular falling asleep in the parking lot at Blimpy, and I'll be home in a minute. Don't worry, you know. And yeah, and yeah. now that you know, like we all do, <laughs> like we all do, and now the timer starts because I haven't actually gone in to get the sandwiches. So yeah, it's a twenty minute trip that's taken an hour and a half plus an extra twenty minutes because I haven't done the twenty minutes part. Like, oh. <laughs> But so he he goes back to the apartment and he realizes just at the last second before he barges in to be like, no, I'm here. Like, oh, now I'm free. Right. Like, that's the way I take that. Like, he, he realizes, oh, shit, I fucked up. But on the other hand, now I don't have to deal with them. Right. Like, doesn't his brother decide to still go on the trip? He's like, fuck it. I'm just going to go forget him. I'm just going to go do it. the weekend. His anyway. brother makes a mention that it's been six years they've been battling with this and he's just done for at least oh, this so weekend. He he, does. He's leaving. He, he does reference. Okay. So it's been six yeah. years of this. Okay. Okay. That, that gives me a sense of time. Cause, and I think that that six years is supposed to also represent how long he's been out of college. Is that the idea? Well, if he is 30, then. Well, are we putting that in there, or does he say he's thirty? Like, I, I feel like well, it's I just feel like kind that's of a rule, right, of, but I can't remember. Yeah, it's like a rule of thumb that like protagonists that are supposed to be of a certain age, they're they're about thirty <laughs> for movies <laughs> yeah, like true. this. That's true. I think it's pretty close though, because he's he, in his storyline. He mentions later he comes out of college and and does kind of well with writing for a while. Like he's able to entertain the his professional writing and work <laughs> on stuff for a while. But then well, <laughs> it starts to decline. And so you kind of wonder if it happened for a couple of years and now, yeah. you know, and now. Well, and, you, you know, know, and despite the fact that this 30. actor uh, and I think this actor is he's supposed to he, he's well known. Right. Like for the time, I think he's he's a draw. I don't know who he is. I feel that that sucks. The passage of time. Right. Like that's like not knowing who Ed Norton is in, in 45 <laughs> years. Right. Like he probably oh, is. He, well, that's my point. Like, I, yeah, the, yeah. The, so, but the actor himself is probably pushing forty, but he is supposed to be playing someone who's only thirty. But uh, right, right. Ray Milland is the the actor. <laughs> he's an he's an English guy uh, okay. originally. So I think uh, he, he, he was originally English. <laughs> he was originally English and <laughs> later changed changed that. <laughs> no, but okay. So he realizes now he's got an out, and he he waits until his brother like leaves in a huff with his bags. This is why I think his brother lives in the place, right? Like they had to come up with a way for his brother to just be gone. Oh, you might be, you must be right then because yeah, you're right. His brother does come down with a bag, uh, his bag and, uh, is ready to get and just hops in or heads. And and that opening sequence is both of them packing, right? It's not just his brother packing for him. They're both packing. So, so yeah. Okay. So that gets his brother out. And then he waits his girlfriend out and like he I don't know, she like turns her back or something and he sneaks up so he can go hide in the apartment. Right. Like the <clears throat> excuse me, the only place they won't think she won't think to look for him is in the apartment where she knows he isn't. Right. So he he sneaks right. back up there, stashes the bo- when he stashes the bottles. It's amazing. Like he he hides one in the 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 light fixture. Which is so weird to me. Like, what a like, what a convoluted way to hide the bottle. Like, <laughs> but he hides one up there, and then does he just drink the other one? Is that what he does? Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he straight up opens the other one, and then he drinks it right that night. And then the next morning, we're the next morning. But actually, I have a question about that because I'm curious okay. how much that ties into your experience because you What's, were drinking and with you know you were had a, a home with family and people that you were trying oh, to hide yeah. it from. Oh so, yeah. 
were and I we've talked about this a little bit before about your hiding things like where were where would you hide stuff or what was your well, go to of like tucking I, it away? I mean Car? because we had we had a house like I had a house sized right. like a, a good sized house so I I you know the basement my wife was never going in the basement right like she it was it was kind of unfinished and kind of spidery and cold and gross so you know, she, it was, it, there would be no reason for her to go down there. So I could, I, and I still made an effort to stash it well behind shit. So like my favorite spot I had like in the basement. So it it was an easier scenario than what this guy has. Right. Like, but, Oh, I will tell you this. The closest thing that fits closer to this was, uh, we went on a couple of family vacations and I, remember oh my god i just thought of this and in his behavior in this movie is so exactly like what i was doing we were staying in the disneyland in one of the hotels in disneyland like on the on the property right like have you been to disneyland like there's Uh, a whole so you know so we were staying in one of those hotels that you can take the uh the the tram into the park from right so it was right there you know very convenient and so it was me and my wife and my kids in the room with us. And I think we had two rooms we were sharing with like in my, my, my mother-in-law came and was staying in one of the rooms with some of the kids. So like we're, we're on to- all on top of each other in, in basically studio apartments. <laughs> right. And I was right. stashing bottles of wine like in the, like in the, in the, the place where the, the TV is the console, like back behind the TV and like, like, I felt like Dawn, like thinking back, like the way they show Dawn, like stashing stuff like behind shit. That's what I was doing. Oh right. my God. So not yeah. at home. I, I wasn't quite like that at home. Although, yeah, I would sometimes just out of convenience, like stash a real beer in the refrigerator behind a few things, but knowing that I was going to drink that that night, like there was no scenario right, that right. I would leave it so that she would find it on her own, right? Because there's no explaining like how a Miller High Life got in the fridge, right? Like that was that was right. me. <laughs> so I would so I would do that. I would stash it in the like recycling bin out right behind the back door where you'd go to put the empties. There would also yeah. be a full one in there, which again, you're <laughs> only gonna clever. see if you take the time to like pull it up, right? Like I know which right, one's right. full because Yeah, who's gonna you know, route through the trash? Yeah. Exactly. So at that point, so at that point, were were they aware of your drinking, and they were actively? No, 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 no. no that was yeah. the other thing. Okay. I I had the double. I mean, it was easier to hide because no one was thinking to look for it. But right. on the flip side, the 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 stakes were that much higher. Of like, you know, if I got caught, then all bets were off. So I was being very, very, very sneaky and particular about it. Like I, I think I mentioned this before. Like I remember. Because I would stash it in the recycling, but at the same time, because I was drinking so much, it was, you know, if she were to look, she would see like, wait a minute, there's only been like three bottles of wine in, you know, this week or whatever. How come there's 12 in in the recycling? That doesn't make any sense, right? Like, and so I would also make the extra effort of in the morning on my way to work, grabbing the excess that was like too much like in my head i had a calculation of like okay this is too much excess i got to get rid of five of these or something like that and so so you were drinking openly like you were just like a normal person like trying to calculate what a normal person's volume of bottles would be exactly uh, well and just like keeping an eye on like how much she was actually drinking 
uh, and how much she would be aware of herself drinking. Because I would also use the bottles that she was, you know, the wine that was live in the house, for lack of a better word, like that she would have, you know, like she'd have a couple glasses of wine every night. So I would keep track of that and buy the same bottles so that I could have the same amount seemingly leaving behind. But like, you know, so she'd have two glasses I would finish the rest of the bottle off and then half of the other bottle so that right. you know she'd have two glasses, I would have a full bottle minus two glasses and put it back up there <laughs> right. and then have to compensate for how many empties that that generated. Does that make sense? Yeah, so it was, so much it was math a, to be an alcoholic. Oh, God, it was a, it was a <laughs> constant fucking, oh, my God. And that's what I'm saying is one day I got all the way to work and was like, oh, shit, I left... The, like three extra empties in the recycling bin and even though I know for a fact she's not going to empty the recycling it made me so nuts I had to turn around and drive all the way home and be like 45 minutes late for work just so I could go make sure I hadn't done that like I got home and it was like <laughs> oh no I didn't do that I did grab this it's got thrown away it's no big deal like <laughs> the mania that this guy yeah. demonstrates like I can relate to it so bad like it's just the, the lengths you'll go to delude yourself and the people around you is just bananas. And that's that's what this movie feels like, right? Like, it's just a yeah, full display yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's I think you hit it on the head. It's like the this weird mania that and this movie does a great way of of uh, expressing it. I think that's exactly how it felt. Like yeah. I was trying to watch and there's tension and you feel bad for this guy. But it's just like, damn. <laughs> well, and you and you good you, at this. And at that point where he like sits down and he's already had like an, an uh, way too many shots at the bar and then he sits down and just starts drinking in the apartment like you know shit's just going to get worse for this guy moving right. forward right like I mean the movie is called Lost Weekend so you know he's just going to spend the whole weekend drinking right? <laughs> like it, right. the right. title gives yeah. it away and uh so yeah I I and the details are a little bit fuzzy to me exactly how it goes from there like he he winds up the next day, like going out and trying to get like, he feels like he's scrounging again for more liquor from, from Nat. And Nat's just kind of like, I love how he shows up first thing in the morning and that's like making himself breakfast. And he's like, yeah, annoyed with him that he's not just there to serve him liquor. And that's just like, right. yeah, I'm, I'm making myself some food. You asshole. This is my life. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, give it to me now. So now he's, now he's getting desperate. Yeah. So he wakes yeah. up early enough after drinking, like whatever, however many shots at the bar, an entire yeah. bottle of cheap whiskey, yeah. And then he goes to the bar again. And then you're right. It's in the morning because Nat's making, or it's probably not in the morning. I'm sure Nat yeah. sleeps in because he's a bartender. But yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's early enough maybe. in the day. Yeah, yeah. Midday. Probably like one or something. But so he's well, making himself is... some food and he's just like, yeah, he's like, give it to me now. He's like, mind if I get my <laughs> breakfast on the table? He's like, no, give it to yeah. me now. He's like, all right, calm down. <laughs> yeah. And that just kicks um, it off, right? No, because and that's supposed to be Friday, right? Because they were leaving for a long weekend on on Thursday. Like the, all the action of the yeah. first night is Thursday, because then it's Friday, and he spends all day drinking again Friday. Like I don't remember exactly. No, he has an altercation with Nat, and Nat's like, "You have more bottles back at your place," and, and he yeah, gets he all excited. Him. Yeah, so he gets all excited, well, but he can't remember where he hit it. Yeah, this uh, also I want to mention here too. There's two great sayings in this movie and and this, and one of them happens in this um uh, scene. The other one okay. happens later with Don and Wick, but the one that I really liked is when he Don cuz Nat's like, "Hey, I thought you're going away for the weekend." He's like, "Yeah, right. change change the plans, whatever." And then he starts 
pounding shots again. And Nat, you know, Nat's seen this before. He's not unused to this. You know, this is 1945. There's probably a lot of soldiers that are back from the war. I'm sure there's a lot of drinkers here. Oh, well, because, yeah, 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 no. I mean, Prohibition has only been over for a few years at this point, right? Yeah, and so he's, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's telling him, you know, hey, man, why don't you just give, take it, take a break for the weekend? Like, like, why don't you, because Nat, though, uh, his girlfriend had come by last night and Nat, or Nat lied to her about yeah. where, that yeah. he hadn't seen him for weeks. Yeah, because I think the bar, this happens I think a lot. The, the bar, the <laughs> bar movie. is like, the bar is like right there. Like, I think it's all on the same block, right? Like, that's yeah, it's part down of the like, street. It's a little it's just down the street. Yeah. Yeah. So the bartender lies to his girlfriend, and this happens a lot. A lot of people lie to his girlfriend in this movie about and enable oh, him in this movie. Um, and but anyway, so Nat Nat feels bad for that, and then he, you know, Don's just starts drinking again, and so Nat tells him just like, you know, why, why don't you just try to cut it out for the weekend? And yeah. Don's line is, uh, he says, "Don't talk like a child. You can't cut it short. Go on. If you get on this merry-go-round, oh, you got to ride it all right. the way, round and that's round, right. until the music wears itself out and the thing dies and grinds to a stop." And yes. I really like that because I, I, I think that is a great um, way to put being on a bender. I've never been on an alcohol bender, but if in like, I think it's like anything like depression or or whatever, you can't just quit. You have to find yeah, you closure somehow. Yeah. And even if you stop for a while, you're still going to jump back on probably quicker because you, you have to find that closure. You have to hit that wall somehow. So I thought yes. that was a great saying. Yeah. A great statement. No, no, I, I like that too. And, and, uh, the other one that that I don't know if it's in that scene or if it's uh, another scene when Don comes back to the bar, but Nat makes the comment um, where he's like, you know, he's commenting on him drinking and he says, you know, for you, one's too many and a hundred's not enough. Right. Right. Yeah. That that's a him. great one, too. Well, and that I wonder because it's 1945, the the program of Alcoholics Anonymous officially I think their first they published the book that that's referred to as the big book and it's really never been edited or it hasn't been changed dramatically since it's first printing in like 34 if I'm not mistaken so like this is like AA it's reasonable that nobody even knows it exists in this city right like sure yeah um, and the reason I say that is that's that expression. One's not enough, and a, one's too many. A hundred's not enough. That's like a that's that's just a common refrain that you hear in meetings everywhere you go. Like that that is a right. saying. And I wonder if it, I wonder if it came from this movie. I wonder if that was the first. Like I mean, this is best picture of the year. I mean, presumably a lot of people saw this movie. And yeah. I'm guessing part of why it was considered the best picture. I mean, it's well done, but it's also subject matter. I'm guessing that this was kind of like it struck a nerve with people everywhere. So I wonder if that's where that phrase just kind of came from or if they were using it because it was a common refrain. I don't know. And I don't know how to find that out, but that's just it was just interesting to hear him say that because that is I I would tell you, I probably hear that 20 times a year easily every year. Like people say that all the time. Um but uh, yeah, you, wa- anyway. you wonder if it did origin or around this time, if not, and not because of the movie. That is, that is yeah, really it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, that's how shit gets into pop culture all the time, right? That's how things get into the common, common culture, um, all the time. But um, okay, and I okay now back to the movie. I remember now. So this is also where Nat, the bartender, is like, "How did you even get this woman?" Right? Because it's it's understood right. that she is like, she is out of Dawn's league. Right. Like she is yes. a smart, 
a capable woman. She's got a, a good job at Time Magazine. They they talk about yep. a lot, and you know Nat Nat knows him. Like he can see that Don is not. He is not a, a functioning guy. He is a drunk. Like once he starts drinking, yeah. he is he is going down that path that a bartender in 1945 would see a lot of. I would bet, right? Or probably yeah. today too, I guess. And so they show the backstory of how the the two of them met, and it's. I was just thinking about this today. Like it's a cute meet. It's 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 a it's a pretty effective meet cute, right? Like right. Don. They both wind up at the same. Uh, is it a Broadway show? It's some show. Yeah, and some stage. Yeah, some stage performance of of some kind of follies. I didn't catch what it was. I wonder if it was supposed if it was something that was like under like people would have recognized at the time this movie came out. I, I don't know. Um, but Don is like trying to be a regular person, and he checks his jacket into the coat room. It's interesting, right? Like everybody has hats and coats back then. Like that coat yeah, room yeah. was just jam packed. Like it was, uh, you know, that was a significant job at one point. Not only hats um, and coats, but specific hats for the inca- occasion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me. People were. He has a fedora. Fedora is just your walking around hat, but then he has a derby for this nice event. So yeah, <laughs> I, hats it. were a real fucking thing, man. I, you know, if you look at like old footage of like. Uh, like I, I saw something on Facebook that someone had posted this thing of like, you know, what it was like in New York City in like 1920 or something. It's just a bunch of like a half hour of old footage strung together, just kind of showing you what the world was like. And every single shot, every guy has a hat on. Like there was just millions of hats, and they just yeah, yeah. nobody wears hats anymore. <laughs> I know it's too, it's too bad. Those things are awesome. They are um, awesome. <laughs> but okay, so so the meat cute is he checks his jacket in and he leaves the bottle of liquor that he's got in his jacket pocket in the jacket because you know he I considering what a drunk he is that part to me is just like I don't feel like he would do that I feel like he'd figure out a way to get a flask in his pocket so he can make it through the show because then he goes yeah, into the show like the the coat check guy is kind of running grabbing coats. it's like a big busy entrance and he, there's a kind oh. of a coat check guy that's grabbing coats oh so he, he just he grabs gra- Don's okay. at, and and okay. he sort of he sort of grabs it quickly and and Don sort of goes to protest but then realizes he's surrounded by people. Yeah, and okay. him pulling I'm, a fifth of whiskey would be a little weird. Yeah, <laughs> so which is he true, sort of gets right? Like, tricked there. Yeah, okay. I I I didn't catch that on this viewing. That makes sense. That makes sense. So yeah, so he's he's pretending like it's no big deal, and he's and they and I really like him. Like they show him like being uncomfortable and unable to just sit there and enjoy the show, and they they have that silly effect of like. The, yeah, I love the this. dancers all become like his jacket with the bottle of booze in the pocket, like superimposed over it. And all you can think it, it's a it's a cool little special effect of like Don is obsessed with this jacket pocket and the booze yeah. in the jacket pocket. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. The and chorus so, line turns into his dancing jackets jacket dancing yeah, yeah for him yeah. and that's all i can think about yeah <laughs> he's getting all sweaty oh that's the other thing too in the play they're having a series of toasts and so in the play they're court popping champagne and they're all drinking and running around oh, as well so it's like you can taste like almost salivating he's in there like this is smart right like they're hitting all the all the all the triggers right like that that would be totally triggering if you were thirsty and you didn't have access to your booze and then on stage they're drinking a bunch and popping of course you'd you would be losing your fucking mind just like don is losing his fucking mind and yeah and he goes to go get his jacket and 
the guy has given him the wrong numbers. So the jacket that he has is a, a leopard print woman's coat. Yeah, the, the 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 number that he has the, the 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 coat check number he has is for a woman's coat, and he's all uptight, um, because you know the guy doesn't know who has the right number. So he so Don has to wait for the whole show to end before he can get his jacket. I I don't understand why he didn't just go back in and watch the show. <laughs> like, oh, the I don't show. think he could, man. I think he's so he's so frantic at this point. It seems like he's he just can't do anything. He knows yeah. he's, he's got no money either. Like at this point, we know all of this. His nice suit, everything's That's kind true. of a show. So he's probably yeah, got yeah. no money to get anything. So this is his only option. Yeah, but booth. but he's just so he just sits there on the stairs for the rest of the show until everybody comes out. And and again, I guess I missed this. Like it occurred to me, I'm like, why would she have grabbed his jacket? Right, like because the eventually he turns around and he finds the person you know, like after everybody's cleared out with their coats it's just him left and the person who has his jacket who, who you know meet cute turns out to be the woman who becomes his girlfriend like their numbers got swapped at the coat check and that's why she's got his jacket and he's got hers um yeah and he I guess is that a makes sense. dick to her he is such <laughs> like, a dick he's just like Ugh, thanks for nothing <laughs> Like, yeah, she's like, give me my jacket. She's like, okay, well, give me my jacket. And then she's like, oh, here, you forgot your hat. He goes back to the hat. And then she's like, hey, wait, you still have my umbrella. And he just throws it generally at her. <laughs> I, it's so great. It's so great. And and then it, it, I guess, you know, the charm of an alcoholic, right? Like, then he's like, oh, shit. Okay, sorry. And then they kind of, they strike up a conversation. and And she makes some comment about, having had his jacket because that's what i mean like she claims to have been holding his jacket for a while that's the part that i was like well why would she oh really well i because and he's like something comes up and he, he says something to the effect of like but you didn't look in the pockets right like he's really self-conscious about the liquor in the pocket oh right that's, right yeah that's a sure sign that like I, apparently it's a sure sign that he's a drunk like i i feel like he could get away with being like yeah i i had the bottle in my pocket i was buying it on the way home or whatever what he winds up saying right because then when they do wind up walking and talking for a little bit and then he grabs his jacket and drops the bottle out and breaks yeah it, it explodes <laughs> on the pavement yeah but no it's all very smart because then because he's already like she's like suggested he come with her to a cocktail party and he knows he just needs to get a fucking head on right so he's just like yeah politely politely declines and then goes to put his jacket on and breaks his liquor. And then he's like, uh, is there going to be booze at this party? <laughs> yeah. Well, the great thing is it lines up with his lie because he says, he says, no, I'm going to go see a friend uptown. Just, you know, sort of a joke. My friend is the bottle in my pocket that I'm going to go oh. chug as soon as you're out of sight. <laughs> but then he says, he says, oh, the bottle was my friend's sick and I was going to make him a hot toddy to help oh, that's him right. feel better. Yes. So yes. I guess now my good deed can't go on. How about I go with you? Which is kind of, once again, that crazy lot, that frantic logic of yeah. ah, my friend's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mind. Yeah. It was the most important thing to me in a moment ago, but now yeah. forget him. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So that, that explains how they get together. And like, then he comes back to, to Nat and is just like, you know, and somehow I managed to stay sober at that party. Cause I wanted to impress her. And, Basically, he reveals that he like lies to her about his drinking long enough for her to like finally get feelings for him, right? Like, isn't that basically yeah. how he summarizes it? And then 
Yeah, and I think then, he stays sober or, or, or limits, cuts back a lot for, for a period of time. Yeah, so they, they kind of fall in love or she she falls in love with the she falls, and Well, no, I, I even though he, like, that's the bummer side of this is, like, he never really, I, I think he's supposed to be in love with her. He's just also more of an addict. And so they don't do that's, a great that's true. job. That's, yeah. Because you're right. It, it seems like, she is really into him and he is really into getting away from her. Like the whole movie, that's all he seems to be trying to do. So I, yeah. that, th- Cor- that is a, that is a failing of the movie. I think is he's supposed to be more dependent on her in terms of like in love with her. Like even, even after all the shit that goes down, right. Cause I, I mean, we're spending a long time just kind of going through this. He hasn't even really started to fall off the fucking rails yet. Right. Like he, <laughs> right. Right. Don, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Uh, Nat like challenges him to be a better man or something. And, and he's like, I'm going to go, I'm forget it, Nat. I'm going to go write. I'm going to go write my novel. I, I'll show you. And he goes straight upstairs instead of having any more drinks. And, sits down and types out like the title of the book that he wants to write. Like that's, that's how you write the great American novel is you write the title and then you say, <laughs> by me. And then right, you just right. start typing away and the novel right. happens. And then that's you how... write your novel. <laughs> <laughs> but he immediately, like, doesn't he just immediately get distracted and need to get drinks? And like, he can't like, I, I he's, I think he hasn't, found the bottle that was hidden yet or something he, he finds a bottle no he definitely hasn't he he uh no when did because he does have a bottle maybe it's the rest of that one oh yeah, no never he, mind wait because we're in the past right now and then <laughs> no we're because now we're jumping into the the current where well, nat kind of talks him up and he goes off and writes yeah and then he starts to try and write like i said he just writes the title of his novel and then decides fuck it and then he he sits down and he realizes that he's got like he sees the 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 matches that tell him uh, the match is from some bar so he goes to the bar and he has a few drinks at the bar and uh yeah he has a few drinks at the bar but doesn't have enough money to cover the drinks and he's he's got a head on right like he's pretty drunk and so that's when he steals the woman's handbag to steal money out of her her handbag to pay for the drinks at the like nice ritzy bar yeah and then So he gets he gets busted for stealing that was the money so from the woman. Too. It's for this, so this that, movie like I it was like really tense. Like I was like, oh man, <laughs> like I could oh, just feel you, it. You could yeah, you can't like it's it's really well done. Like how they're showing he's got the like the appearances of a of a uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call it like a, a, a gentleman. Like he looks yeah. like he fits in, but he's clearly doesn't fit in with this. Like he is. He is not okay. He is he is just a fucking barfly, right. masquerading as a normal human, and he and he he steals the money and he gets busted and they throw him out, but they don't want to make a scene, so they throw him out, and then he stumbles back to his apartment and he's all forlorn and he's like, I think that's when he starts kind of tearing his place apart to try and find the bottle, and he just falls down in desperation and looks up and sees the reflection of the bottle in the in the light fixture which is that's why he hid it up there was so that billy wilder yeah. you know three scenes later or however many so much time later can show that shot of him because it's like salvation he's like at his wits end and he needs to drink more and then he's like ah oh, there's a whole bottle right there up yep. in the light fixture <laughs> and so he winds yeah. up and he drinks that whole bottle right because then the next day he because that's all friday because then the next day he gets up saturday 
to go. Uh, he gets up Saturday and decides he's going to pawn his his uh, typewriter, right? Like so, up until this point, like even the action that was leading up to all that was he is a writer and this is what he does and he's going to do this. And now he's so desperate first thing in the morning, he's just going to go pawn his only device for being the thing that makes him not a monster so he can go get more liquor. Well, and this, yeah, before all this kind of the, what gives this extra weight (laughs) is that the, before all this, the scene that scene that we kind of jumped over is, is when, um, uh, he's gonna meet Helen's parents, and he, you know, oh, he's trying to make he's trying to make himself up look nice and presentable. Right. And he accidentally sits he sits next to them at this uh, restaurant accidentally, that's and he right. so he's overhearing this conversation. And he slowly realizes it's her parents, and they're kind of they give us some information about him of that they've yes. heard from Helen, and they do mention he is thirty three. He never oh. he went to Corn he went to Cornell, but he never graduated. As far as his her dad can find out, he's never had a job. Uh, yes. mom, the mom says like, "Oh, he's been a writer," and the dad's like, "Well, so he should have at least have a job." Anyway, so he starts getting yes. self conscious, ducks out of that, goes on a bender, um, and yeah, then, and that was still the this, past, though. That was that was yeah, a it's still the still the past, but it kind of explains Helen and his relationship because then um, there's this great scene where where Wick, his brother, tries to cover for him. Um, yes, and, and says, "Oh, Don's not here. I don't know where he went." But but Don comes out and admits, "I'm sorry. I got self conscious. I got drunk." So he's still like he's still decent to her at this point. Like he, that's right. No, and that he that apologizes. Does also, yeah, and it also shows the dynamic. You're right, and that's why she didn't leave. She because that was her choice. Because he's like, "You need to go. I am not okay. I'm a drunk. Yeah, I'm. I avoided your parents because I'm a fucking drunk. That's right. I forgot about that. that was a key moment. You're right. Yeah. Um." Okay. And then he yeah, gives and- us some backstory about his writing and how he used to be good and inspired, and over the years he's just fallen into drinking. That is what he does, and right. uh, and so yeah. Anyway, so so this means a lot that he takes. This seems to be like the last vestige of him clinging to anything but getting drunk. Is is him right. trying to sell this typewriter? Yes. Oh, that's that's another uh, that's another great. The other line uh, takes place in that scene uh, that uh, backs uh, flashback is when uh, Wick. After he's drinking, got really drunk in embarrassment uh, and runs away instead of meeting the parents, he Wick finds him and he call, tells Don, he's, um, Don says like, oh, you know, I just wanted one to steal my nerves and then and then I had another one just to make sure and then uh, now I'm here. And Wick's like, Don, you idiot. Won't you ever learn that with you it's like stepping off a roof and expecting to only fall one floor. I yeah, love that I line. Like, That's such a I great thing. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So yeah. anyway, now he's 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 walking. He's now he's looking disheveled, and he has been kicked out oh, of the nightclub the night before. And he's walking. Oh, he's down. hung the fuck over, yeah. dude. He is yeah. not okay. He is I, rough. And, and that whole sequence where he's like wandering New York, trying to find a place to pawn that so he can get some money, so he can get some booze. Ooh, that is so good. That is so yeah. good. Like it really captures that whole sense of just like. Cause I I don't know about you I can I can remember that fucking hung the fuck over not okay empty stomach <laughs> head hurt just need more liquor and you don't have any and he's just I, can you imagine wandering around New York like that for I, I mean they show time pass like it's hours <laughs> yeah well he even he even hypes himself up at one I can't remember if it's before he starts or whatever but he I think it's right as he leaves the apartment you can tell he's in bad shape and he even hypes himself up saying. It's just a couple blocks. It's just, oh no, it's like it's just yeah. three blocks. He's it's, like, oh, I don't think I can make it. You can do this, and he, and then so he, 
he's but then it's way more than three blocks and you could just yeah feel and he the just wanders forever and and eventually they you know because they're all apparently all the pawn oh no that's right the, he keeps going to like jewish pawn shops and finally he's like is it sunday and they're like no it's yom kippur so all of the pawn yeah. shops are closed and he's like, Are yeah, they, everybody have a, they have Jewish? a deal. I guess the punch. No, well, I think that they make mention of the deal they have with like <laughs> right. pa- the Irish. And I guess, you know, yeah. 1945 is still very segregated, even uh, to like <laughs> backgrounds. So it's like Jews and Irish people own most of the pawn shops, it seems. And they have an agreement to close on each other's holidays. So even though there's Christian owned pawn shops, they're closed out of deference to the Jewish holiday. So right. Everything is closed. So there's everything no way closed. for them to sell it. And that's. Is that when he winds up going to the place and stealing the stealing the drinks from the people? I can't remember the order of all that. No, um, no. Yeah, let's see. No, 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 no. That's when he wanders up to that. We haven't even talked about that side character of the like kind of floozy woman who's into him. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, he, I don't want goes, to call her floozy. Like, I just don't. I don't like that. That she's kind of a barfly as well, yeah. but sort of an upper class barfly, I guess. Yeah, and she's into Don. She's into him, yeah. and you kind of get the impression that that's probably who he should be with because he is no good. He is no good for the woman who's with him, right? Like she, no, not at all. Th- she really is. He really is not uh, up to her speed. Like he shouldn't be with her. She shouldn't be with him. And this. This little barfly woman who's just into him, he's, that's who he should, and he was supposed to go out on a date with her, and instead he got, like, in trouble at that place and got kicked out, and so he stood her up. Yeah, he ditched her. He kind of forgot about her, too, right away, as soon as he, oh, yeah, he was drunk and making plans, and, um, exactly. Yeah. So he so he goes so, to her and he's kind of running around. T- he's desperate. He stops by Nat's and Nat he finagles one shot from Nat and Nat kicks him right. out and then he goes to her and she's pissed. But he sort of like charms her into giving him five dollars and she does. Yeah. And, and then <laughs> let me hold like, let me hold five dollars, baby. Let me hold five dollars. <laughs> Just five dollars. <laughs> right. And that's but, the secret. That's that's he gets the money from her. And then that's when he falls down the stairs and winds up in the hospital. Yeah, this is a he's having a fucked up weekend, man. This is a oh, lost man. weekend. <laughs> this guy. But that's the time for them to show like what it was like for drunks in the forties, because yeah. he wakes up in the drunk tank or in the Not in the good drunk, <laughs> the drunk ward of the hospital, right? And uh, and uh, and yeah, so that's where they show like what the fuck people had to deal with, and and and. Like this is significant to me because this was one of the things that I I I picked up on early in my recovery going to <laughs> going to a rehab center, you know, having the twelve step programs to because most of the rehab centers are are kind of built around the twelve step idea and they use that as kind of a basis and you know there's there's tools in place to help people through all of this. And right. I, you know, in, in reading the in reading the big book and knowing, you know, finding out about the history of of all of this stuff. Right. Like forty five, there was nothing else like they just put you in this insane, basically a, a psych ward until you fucking dried out. And then they got a hold of your family. So they knew the family knew you were here and to kind of come, you know. Yeah, because there was no there was no recourse, right? That that's 
that's yeah. kind of that's not kind of it that is the what is so significant about the founding of Alcoholics Anonymous is it provided an outlet because the only outlet people had was this, right? You'd wind up in a psych ward in, in crazy person pajamas. And like the, 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 the nurse who walks him around and kind of, you know, narrates all this for our benefit as well. You know, he shows him people sitting out there. He's like, this guy's been coming for nine years. He's a doctor, but he comes in here. Right. Yeah. You know, several, you know, once a month I see him come in and the guy just kind of looks up at him and he's just kind of like, uh, yeah, he's sort of ashamed. Yeah. But he's definitely like, and that's, I mean, that's what it was, right? Like the, your options, if you drank like Don and they're, you know, they, they don't, the, the, maybe the only real failing of this movie is it seems like he's drinking different than anyone else, but I, he's, you know, there's a whole hospital full of people who drink like that. So it may have been interesting to see more people like he wasn't alone. And, and I guess that woman kind of represents that, but I mean, you, prior to AA, there really was nothing, right? Like it was a desperate fucking thing. If you, if once you got to this level, you were facing uh, insanity and death. And yeah, that's, well, it's that, brutal too. What they show, like they give him some sort of drinkable medication to like level him off. Like he's not right. Like you well, said, they, the, again, you're just you're just here to also dry out. They also didn't have the like today. They you know they they give you basically Valium. They give you an IV with Valium, so you fucking your body chills out and you because going through delirium, ter- tre- going through DTS, and once your body is physically dependent upon alcohol, it, right. it's it is apparently uh, the most dangerous thing physically to withdraw from in terms of lethality, right? Like. Opioid, sure. re, okay. uh, like uh, uh, withdrawal from opioids, hurts much worse. Like it, it physically feels like you're gonna die, but your body hasn't. It, it, you're not gonna die. You just wanna. You wanna die. Right. But what alcohol does to your blood pressure and and your bloodstream when you remove it, just shockingly, like cold turkey, you potentially don't have enough because your 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 body has acclimated the amount of blood that is circulating i i maybe i'm i'm maybe i'm being too technical or clinical here and i don't know exactly what i'm saying but you effectively <laughs> by becoming te- dependent upon it and removing it your body can literally shut down and you will die yeah it's like a shock like, yeah it is and and that's what the dt's is that's what that's what the uh grand mal seizure is is your body like is trying to uh it's trying to re- recover from the removal of the alcohol that it's become adept, you know, your body will adapt to it. And then it just kind of adjusts your, your, you know, the, your blood flow <clears throat> point yeah, being it's... like, this is all dangerous. Like even being in the hospital, isn't going to save you. And then, and I right. do appreciate how they show the people going nuts, right? Like they, they have the <clears throat> hallucinations, and and he's just in that big big open room and people are screaming and freaking out and uh yeah well the doctor that was or the nurse the nurse even the, i like the nurse the nurse is just sort of this jaded yeah dude who's just like hey, you're here whatever here's something whatever i've given you and then he's like uh you're, and he doesn't want to take the thing he's like well you're gonna need it there's gonna be quite a show tonight and then yeah. he's like what do you need and, yeah. and then he gets into the history and then yeah it is brutal so uh the guy wakes up the guy who thinks he's got beetles on him and that's yeah. extra brutal because instead of like 
someone coming in to help this dude. They just have orderlies come in, restrain him, and yeah. then take him down to some other horrible ward, I'm sure. Which yeah. I can't help your mental state. <laughs> yeah, no, and it, and, and that's, again, I, I don't think, and I really doubt that that is much of an exaggeration of how people were dealt with. I think that, and, and again, back to the founding of AA, like that was, that's kind of how it became uh, uh, systematized into a 12-step program and the idea of, of, al- of actual meetings with alcoholics getting together to talk. It, when the founder, uh, one of the two founders of the program was struggling in his, his early, uh, you know, sobriety. And he, he was a traveling, uh, uh, or he was on, he was on a business trip. He like called somewhere and like wound up going to a hospital to talk to someone who was brought in because of alcohol. And that's, that was where the like kernel of the idea came from because it got him, like he was freaking out, wanted to drink, so he, instead of going to the bar, he called like, I, I guess a, a priest or something in the neighborhood in, in, in the city who directed him to a hospital and he went to the hospital and sat and talked with an alcoholic and he and that alcoholic had like a profound improved response based off of just the two of them talking. And that's, that's where the kernel of the entire program came from was that was like recognizing like, and because the, 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 the doctors at the hospital were like, yeah, you want to come in and talk to this guy? Go for it. Like literally nothing else is working, so go for it, please. And everyone was just like, "Huh, that's interesting. That that actually helped." And and you know, it's it's a simple concept of like, you know, like 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 you saying, like their response is to tie the guy down and go set him subject him to some other thing and like and the, even the nurse in this is just lecturing Dawn and just being like, yeah, "Yeah, whatever. Nothing you do is going to matter, pal." But someone who's, you know, and that's not the point of this movie, but that someone showing someone coming and who has the same experience, who's who's just as lost and can't deal with anything, and is understands fundamentally just how fucked up it is once you start drinking. That person, as a drunk, you can relate to that, and you can hear what they're saying. And if they seem like they're doing better than you, you're gonna listen, right? Like that's that's the entire right, kernel right. of the program, and. I guess, you know, if this was a movie about that, that would have been the time in this movie for something like that to occur. But but no, the 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 orderlies come in and grab the guy and a doctor comes in and like throws his jacket on the on the bed next to it so that they can all take care of the screaming guy and get him out of there. And Don being, you know, Johnny on the spot, grabs the doctor's jacket and uses it to escape from the asylum. Right. Like, which is good, which is good filmmaking storytelling because, you know. Otherwise, the story's kind of over. He just spends the rest of the weekend tied to a bed until his brother right. gets home. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it, and it also really shows how desperate he is, right? Because he puts the jacket on, wanders. I don't know. I, I'm guessing that the imagery that they're showing is supposed to, if if you know the city, you probably understand how far he's gone. Like I, I don't know. You just get the impression he's gone a long distance on foot. And he winds up standing in front of a, a liquor store, which apparently liquor stores still opened on Sundays back then because the guy like comes and opens up and Don just is like, I'm taking this bottle one way or another. Oh. Like he doesn't pay for it. He's- no, this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He like just stares this guy down. The guy's like, holy shit. Okay, yeah. Man, he can tell he's crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. Okie doke. Have at it. Yeah. He's like, 
I'm taking it and I'm going to take it anyway. <laughs> I'm walking out of that. He's like, okay. No, this must be Monday because Saturday he goes in there. Sunday night he spends the night at the, uh, or no. Sa- oh, you're right. It Saturday is Monday. Sunday he goes in <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, you're right. It, it... So this is Monday morning. Okay, good point. Good point. Um, bright and early. <laughs> He's back at it. Oh, my God. Okay, so then he winds up sneaking back into his own apartment and then he has his own experience with the hallucinations and he, you know, and it's done a really good job. His, his apartment is just destroyed and he is a wreck. Yeah. And, and they have that. I imagine at the time this was such a disturbing scene, right? Like it's, it's pretty mellow yeah. by today's standards, it's but still a little weird. <laughs> no, it's still a little disturbing. It, it is. And, and yeah, but I get, what I you're mean, it, you know, he, 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 he hallucinates a, a mouse coming out of a, a hole in a like digging a hole in the wall above his bed, and then a bat coming out of nowhere and attacking the mouse, and he's just losing his shit. And uh, yeah, well then yeah, and then what fucked what's fucked up is it doesn't make sense because you clearly see like oh maybe there is just animals in his house because it's just that it's that destroyed from him. Right. I mean, you kind of suspect it's a hallucination, but you're also like, well, maybe there is just a mouse. Then this and then bat, a bat comes bat, flying yeah. in. So it's flying around the house, but then it like attacks the mouse and you're like, whoa, okay, well, bats don't do yeah. that. And there's like blood dripping down the yeah. wall. And it's like, what the fuck? And, and, and he is, he is losing his out. Well, and, and I meant to mention this earlier. Like I, I, if you notice the sound design of the film as his weekend progresses and gets more and more chaotic and more and more drunken that I, I think it's a theremin. Like they keep every time they, they, they start oh, introducing yeah. that theremin music to represent like his growing obsession and his growing, like the madness that's starting to bubble up. And it just, and I feel like in that scene, it just gets really intense and that's added in there. And like, it's a good use of sound, to accentuate the the di- the drama of what's happening. Oh man, it's so well done. Oh my gosh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's really however good, many yeah. years later, and it's still like it's powerful. Like you, it, it, I, it is. I'm it really not. Is, yeah. I'm not like the the level of like having to set aside the differences in the time period and like the techniques. It's not so much, man. I mean, this movie really really hits the notes really well because because he's freaking yeah. out, and then that causes the landlord to call his somehow it gets back to his girlfriend to come up to the apartment. And like, there's that really well done sequence of him, like desperately trying to trudge his way across the floor to slide the, the lock on the door. So his girlfriend can't get in before the landlord opens the door for her. And he's like, it's a race against time. Cause even though he's losing his shit, he still doesn't want to face her because facing her is facing reality, right? Like he just wants to leave yeah. himself locked up in this dark, dingy room. And uh, yeah, and yeah, he he is de- he is horrible right now. He's in horrible shape right and, now. And uh, and then she gets in, and then uh, I think she just l- sits with them, right? Like because then they just fade out, and it's the next day or later that same. No, it's this, that's that's why I think that was Sunday. I think all that other stuff happened Saturday, and that stuff was Sunday morning because then. Well, whatever. It, it, he wakes up again the next day, and she has cleaned his apartment, and she's there to like care for. Him. I mean, she's 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 got some codependency issues, right? Like she's she's got some stuff oh, to work sure. on. Yeah, she's got some issues herself. Because <laughs> I mean, yeah, she helped him shave and take a bath the night oh, before. Oh, that's right. And and then uh, yeah, and and then although yeah, I you know he, I say that, but 
before, you know, during the last relapse, hopefully my last relapse, I did my version of this. Like I went and hid out at my girlfriend's house because she was out of town and I just stayed there and I was gross and I just drank and I ate pizza and I didn't shower. And then she came home yeah. when she was supposed to come home and she just like, she she gathered me up and she took care of me and like... So I, I guess, you know, if there's love there, it's not that ridiculous an idea that she's going to yeah, take care of him, true. even though he is just a fucking wreck. Because I was, I remember she she came in and she made love to me, which I just was like, I can't believe this is happening because I just was so gross. And I remember afterwards thinking, I even asked her, I was like, is that is that me? That I was like, do you smell? And she's like, no, that's you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole time I had like this weird, like I was like, Oh, she's kind of funky. And it was me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know it was. <laughs> and I even, and then when I got you know, finally showered after however many days, I just remember thinking, God damn, that is love. Right? Like why would she put up with coming home, seeing me just sprawled out, making a mess of her house, clearly drunk for days, make love to me, even though I smell like fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> and then be right, sweet right. about it, right? Like, so right. And I and I should clarify that woman's not codependent. She was like, "All right, bud, now you got to get your shit together." <laughs> like she she was probably just yeah. she's probably just horny. She's like, "Well, I got to fuck this guy, <laughs> and then I get him out tomorrow." <laughs> Which right, they're not going right, to show right. in a 1945s movie or a movie in 1945. But <laughs> but okay. So now the only that the 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 finale of the film is where. I feel like even five years later, it would have had a more thoughtful ending, right? Like, because oh, because the sure. program, like I said, the, the, the air quotes around this, the solution hadn't propagated across the world yet. But, I mean, it started in an Akron. By 1945, they definitely had... I mean, the, the Bill W. was a, a stockbroker, so he definitely was still in New York. So there would have been chapters of it. It would have been moving in reality. It, it's not unrealistic that someone wouldn't be aware of it, but that's what I mean. Like, by five years later, in fact, yeah, I think in, like, the 50s, uh, the Eisenhower um, administration, like, recognized AA as this important contribution to the country, and it got national attention and that that's when it became like a bigger thing that you know you're aware of today so right my point being like they lean into the like just buckle down trooper you can you can pull yourself together with the you know the uh the help the help of your friends and the love of your your girlfriend and just a good old like you just gotta be motivated to do better right like that's kind of the meaning message at the end right because you get the impression he does that whole suicide thing i i i liked it as a device for the end of the movie i wonder if it's quite the same in the book i wonder if the book doesn't kind of stretch itself out a little bit more because you know he sneaks out in the morning she's cleaned everything up shaved him showered him all that stuff so he grabs her jacket to go pawn her jacket (laughs) <laughs> like right Which away reasonably yeah, reasonably i assumed yeah. he was going to get some liquor because that would make fucking sense right like he's so fucking hard-headed yeah of course he's gonna go get some liquor because he's a piece of shit in fact i mean okay i i'm, I'm speaking quickly there but he has been a real bad guy this whole movie and i wonder if that's not how the book actually ends the book actually ends with him pawning her jacket and just diving into this the the 
the complete just emptiness of this life and her finally just being like, I can't do anything for this guy. I'm just going to go. Cause that's, yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a twist there because it does feel realistic that he might be suicidal at this point. And she does like wash her hands of him. Yes. Uh, the one she realizes what's happened, she chases him down. She's like, Hey, give me, uh, give me the ticket. I need to get my jacket. Yeah. And he's like, don't, don't embarrass me in public, which is oh yeah, he's still just a to say dick. to a woman whose jacket you just stole. He's don't embarrass me in public right now. And she's like, I don't. She's basically says, I, I I get it. I'm not. I don't have feelings for you anymore. We're done. I just want my jacket, yeah. man. And anyway, so then he goes back. She gets the jacket, and that's where she realizes he didn't trade it for money. He traded it for, for a, a pistol, pistol a right. gun. And then he's got that dramatic but, scene of like deciding how he's going to do it. In the, he writes that note. I, it, the note's pretty good where he's basically like, I'm, I'm a hopeless case. This is it. I can't. Well, here actually there's one thing that's, I thought was good about this part, this section, because, um, she goes back to the apartment and runs back when she realizes that he's got a gun right. and realizes he's not killed himself. And she's relieved of course, but then she's just kind of sort of, just sort of looking around for the gun and he's trying to get her out. Uh, sort of like, okay, well, what do you need? She's like, oh, my, I couldn't get my jacket. So do you have one? So he gets her a jacket. She's trying to find excuses to stay. Well, and, it's, it, and then she it, realizes it isn't, a, it's a cute, it's a nice callback to the meat cute too, where he's like, oh, it's funny. Cause it's all yeah. comes down to the same thing. These jackets. Yeah. And then they have this, they do find the gun. There's a confrontation about the gun. And then she starts to, uh, try to get him to drink to distract oh, him. Oh yes, and I thought that was really fascinating way to take it, and made that made sense at it least. It did, and I was kind of curious about if if you've ever seen this or had experience with this about someone, not that you're suicidal, but just trying to knowing not knowing what, how else to help you not be worse, and maybe the sense of like, well, maybe if he's drinking while I'm here, yeah. I can be a check and balance system. Oh yeah, for sure. Because I don't know how else to help. No, you. for sure, and like. Uh, even in that, like what I just described where like that, that woman, you know, was kind to me and all that, like I manipulated her to let me have some more liquor. Like I, I accentuated how dependent I had become on it. Like, and she was willing to kind of put up with that a little bit. And she like gave me a, like a couple drinks and then proceeded to pour it out right in front of me, you know, down the sink. But yeah. And, and right. even the whole drive to the rehab center when I went, I manipulated my folks into being like, well, I, you know, to be safe, I should probably have a couple beers on the drive down there. So I don't, you know, cause I'd had a seizure before, but I hadn't, you know, it, it was oh, total geez. manipulation, but yeah, no, I, I agree. When she does that, it rang true of like, she's desperate. She's clinging to something. She wants to make sure this guy doesn't fucking actually die. And if letting him go down this fucking spiral of drinking keeps him from dying right now that's better than nothing right so yeah no i liked that i liked that right and 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 i did like how you know he's back to the reference of riding the merry ground till it's you know till it's it's run out of t- steam or whatever he finally hit done right like he's like what's all this like i'm not i'm not going to drink this you know that this is not going to work for me like right. nothing this isn't going to be okay and and so um yeah. No, I, it's great where he's at. But then it goes back to like what you said, where it sort of feels like that era of big studio. We need a happy ending. Yeah. And it kind of is like, oh, yeah. Suddenly <laughs> she gives him the rah, rah, college try speech. Yeah. 
And, and then he's like, I'm he, going to sit down and, then, and write my novel, and it's going to be about this whole weekend. Well, Nat, Nat shows up. Nat shows up oh, that's <laughs> out right. of the blue with his typewriter. That's right. And it's like this, this the It's a Wonderful Life moment where people just keep showing up with good news. Yeah, that's and right. It's like, I mean, it, it it's fine for the this movie of this era, but it's also like they definitely would not yeah. have wrapped it up this way in any in any future. No, era. but uh, no, I mean it. W- but yeah, so yeah, I mean, it, it, but, it, and you're and you're to believe that he sits down and writes the novel describing the weekend that we just watched him experience, which is which right. is that's exactly that's that's nifty. I, I I'm, I'm good with that. I, I I like that. I mean, it's clever. Yeah, it's clever yeah. and and. The implied message is he's better now, and uh, right. Um, and there's a couple other things that we don't, we don't, we didn't, we didn't touch on. Like there's little subtle things in their performances, like the the dynamic between the two of them, where she's perpetually saying "lean down," like like that's their 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 little cute yeah. thing is like she asks him to lean down, he leans down, and she kisses him, and that's like her like. Mm-hmm. not a power thing but kind of like that's their little meet cute kind of thing and even then when he's trying to get her out of the apartment before he's going to kill himself he leans down to let her kiss him before she asks and she turns away like just little subtle things that make this world very real i i, I the movie is so well done i i'm so right i am so pleased with this movie i i like i said i earlier i i don't know I think we should just end with this, um, sure. and and I mean we could we could start back up again on like season two of the movie review or something. But I really I don't like the yeah, idea. Yeah, a good cap for. I don't like the idea. I don't like the idea of trying to come back, especially because the last movie that I had identified is really a, a you know one of these kids is doing his own thing. Like it doesn't really fit with the rest of them. It, it was a made for TV movie that hits the nail on the head, you know, it's the story of Bill W. Um, so I don't know, maybe we, I mean, we can still do it, but I want to do it as like a one-off or something. I don't know, Kaz. I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know what your thoughts are on it. No, I, I, I agree. I think this is a really good capper for sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, this is, this is a great movie. It's, it's fascinating to see it portrayed in this time period. And like the concept that it, this not is not a new, <laughs> Obviously, it's not a new struggle and awareness of alcoholism yeah. and how people deal with it is 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 kind of through the ages. And it's only in the last 50, 60 or 60, 70 yeah. years where there's really been well, like, it's, direct it's interesting. policies to help. Deal yeah. With it. And it's and it is interesting because of the like the the. Like that, the the scene where he's walking and the woman's like, oh, that's that's Mr. Whatever. He's he's a drinker. Right. Like that. Right. Doesn't that that kind of thing isn't i mean like he was clearly like people who drank like this were a like almost a scourge right like this was this was a thing i mean think about it like they like they they prohibited alcohol made it illegal right like there must have been yeah. so much problem so many problems with people drinking like this that it, it hit a level like that. Like, I mean, I know some of that was also the suffragette stuff and uh, is tied in with women's rights and all that. But I, at a fundamental level. Well, but that was that was t- 
tied into the fact that it was such a scourge in the working classes right. of of exactly horrible alcoholism. Right. So I mean, and uh, it, you know, they had no they had no way to solve it. No, <laughs> no idea how to exactly. solve it. Exactly. So it, it is very interesting to see a movie like this portraying it so well at this time of 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 uh, I don't know uh, our history at least uh, you know U- U.S. history. Ah, it's I'm yeah I'm very happy with this movie. I, this is definitely. This is the best movie. I mean, I, I appreciate that flight movie, and you know, but just for the music selections alone, this movie is so much better than Flight. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, hey, so I just I was just uh, reading something. Uh-huh. Uh, follow up as we're talking. So here's another good reason to cap it okay. here. So if anyone wants to go on to learn more about this, Charles Jackson, who wrote the yes. novel, there is a recorded speech that he gave to AA Ooh. in 1959 Ooh. that you can listen to on YouTube. Oh, I might, and, I might check that out. Yeah, I'm going to listen to it, too. I, it sounds, I haven't listened to it at all, but I just, I just, they made a net mention of it, and I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. And so uh, he checked himself in in 52, or no, he tried to commit suicide in 52 and was admitted uh, for a nervous yeah. breakdown. And then after his release... He uh, checked into clinic, a clinic and joined AA for the first yeah. time. So, so then he became active in AA yeah. and struggled with addiction the rest of his life. But, but in '59, he there's a speech that they recorded and you can you can listen to it uh, um, about him and his struggle. So that's that's fascinating. Yeah. So now I'm gonna check that out. Again. Oh, I am gonna check that out. Now okay. that's. This is great. Yeah, let's 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 call this the end of season one. And if we do a season two, we'll start with my name is Bill W. The 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 made for TV movie about uh, the, you know the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, Bill Bill Wilson. Um, but I I want to I want to cap this one. Plus, this one will be released in December, so it's a perfect you know whatever end of the end of the year. Perfect. So gosh, I'm so I'm so glad. I, I hope you want to do this some more. I, I really enjoyed doing this. So oh yeah, I love this. We'll it's take. Great. No, me too. Let's take a couple of months off, and then uh, we'll we'll put together another list of you know like seven or eight movies to do, and it'll be fun. Yeah, that that would be great. I can't All right, wait. thanks. Look forward. Thanks, to Kaz. It. Uh, thanks for calling. This is an extra long episode. I think we actually may have reviewed the movie <laughs> for about as long as the movie lasts. So that's great. I love that. Right? Yeah, it's pretty close. <laughs> pretty close. All right, man. Have All a good right. night. That was a lot of fun, though. Drop.